Good afternoon. It is so good to see you. You're so, so welcome. Uh, if you haven't met me, my name's Andy and I like people to talk to me. And um, I love that you're learning how to respond. It's great. Um, I hope you're enjoying the good weather and the sunshine. Isn't this crazy? I feel like, um, I mean, I love living in Northern Ireland. My wife and I live here very deliberately. But um, when the weather is like this, I'm convinced more than normal that this is the greatest place on earth to live. And um, you're very welcome to stay. Um, the government would have something to say about that, but I'm sure we can find somewhere to hide you. Um, that's a joke in case, I don't know what happens to these podcasts. But um, Anyway... Um, we, we live in a, a bit of a mad time. And, you know, I think about this often, whether that's just every generation and every kind of people at all times in the world think that. But, um, but it does seem like there's some pretty unprecedented levels of craziness going on in the world. I don't know if uh, you followed the G7 uh, this week and all that's going on between America and Canada and the rest of uh, those leaders and uh, the rise of uh, nationalism and political dysfunction. And if you pay attention to political currents and history, you will know that, um, particularly in the Western world, this um, theme of nationalism has probably not been as strong since the 1920s and 30s in Europe, and we know what that gave birth to. And so those that are paying attention to this kind of stuff are feeling rather anxious um, and feeling uh, pretty, pretty scared and on edge of where is all of this uh, headed. You don't need to be a genius uh, to read the Times in Northern Ireland. I don't mean the newspaper. And um, see that our political dysfunction and stalemate is um, it's at a pretty all-time kind of low. Um, and just this week, uh, we had the heartbreak of suicide visit our city again. In the midst of all of that... Um, I spent some time in Lurgan this, this weekend with a bunch of church leaders from all over Ireland, and I was so inspired to hear stories of the supernatural and the miraculous breaking out in people's lives and on the streets of, of Ireland, uh, hearing stories of church planting right across the land, and stories of men and women and boys and girls surrendering their lives to Jesus if you've been around us any length of time, you'll have heard me talk about this before, that the way of the kingdom is always battles and blessing. And it's never either. It is always both. But in the midst of our battles, there is the blessing of God. And in the midst of the blessing of God, there are battles that we have to face and fight. And as the days get darker, our light shines all the brighter. And that was always and is always how it was supposed to be for the church. Our mandate to be a non-anxious presence in a desperate and dark world. I want to uh, update you on some things uh, that have been happening around us over the last uh, few weeks and then land that in some stuff we're moving into this summer that we are really, really excited about. Three weeks ago, 
If you were here, we had a bit of a mad moment where we gave the Journey Church from here in Lisburn £10,000 and we got towards their new building and we got um, Pastor Gary up here and, and we prayed for them and all of that sort of um, stuff. You need to understand that um, from the very beginning of our journey of Lagan Valley Vineyard, God spoke to us about being a radically generous people and a radically generous church. That that is who he has invited us to be. That's the story that we are trying our best to live out. And we are convinced that there is no better way to demonstrate the character and nature of God to the world around us by, than by living radically generous lives. The scriptures say that God so loved the world that he what? Gave, and we could fill in the rest of that. But I want you to focus on that word, that God so loved the world that he gave. That at the very core to who God is, is an impulse to give and to be generous. That is who he is. And we have this mad dream, ambition, call it what you will, that Lagan Valley Vineyard would become the most generous church in Ireland. That that would be our reputation, that when people think of us, they would go, they're mad, they're a bit odd, and yeah, there's quirky things happen and we don't get it all, but boy, are they generous. Radically, radically generous. God is more generous than you or I could ever imagine. He is more generous than you or I could ever, ever Imagine, and two weeks ago, the week after we gave Gary the the 10,000 pounds, something began to happen that I have been tracking very intently over the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, when we tried to process that moment of giving the journey 10,000 pounds, a young man from our community got up and went out to his car and grabbed 300 pounds of his savings and walked right up to me. I could nearly hear his heart beating and said, I need to give this to you. And in that moment, I knew something was shifting around us. And I've been teaching you over the last few weeks the two of the most important prayers you'll ever pray are, God, what do you see? And God, what do you say? And so for the last two weeks, I've been praying this prayer, God, what do you see? And what do you say? God, what are you doing over us and around us and through us? So that was on the Sunday. About two or three days later, we got a phone call into the office from another young man in our community who said, God has spoken to me. I need to give you 200 pounds and it's to go to a single parent in our community. And then last Sunday night at Jericho, we lifted an offering and in the offering was an envelope with a thousand pounds of cash in it and a handwritten note saying, I have watched your generosity as a people over the last five years, and I've been so inspired. I want to invest in what God is doing. That was last Sunday night. Last Monday, I went to a meeting with one of our trustees and a businessman in our community. And uh, he said, I wanted to meet you to tell you that um, I'm about to give you 120,000 pounds. God spoke to my wife and I, last April, like a couple of months ago, and we've been trying to meet ever since. And he said, the crazy thing is, I didn't even know about the gift to journey. I've been on business travel the last few weeks. I had no idea. And I was out to, uh, with drinks for friends on Friday night, 
And uh, one of them said, that's a mad thing your church did. And he said, what did my church do? And he said, they give that other church £10,000. And he said, I had no idea two days before we met. And he was so inspired to meet and go. And this is what God had said to us. We want to give you £120,000. And then yesterday, I came home from uh, that thing in Lurgan. And uh, Dana had this rather shocked look on her face. And uh, she said, you need to look in the top drawer in our huts. And I opened the top drawer and there was an envelope uh, with £3,000 of cash in it and a gifted form that someone had thrown into the house um, for what God is doing around us and here. You can... That was me trying to find my place in my notes, not actually dramatic pause for applause, but that was good. The scriptures are full of moments in the life of God's people, followers of Jesus, where they see miracles and miss meaning. Happens all the time. And if you pay attention to Jesus in the Gospels, you actually can hear at times he's deeply frustrated. Like he, it's, it's like bothers him where people see the most incredible things but actually miss the meaning of what's going on. And so here's the deal. This is really, really important that you understand this. That it's so important you don't get fixated on amounts of money. It is so easy for us in moments like this to see the miracle and miss the meaning. To wrongfully assume that 120,000 is more significant than 200 pounds. We have to look at this and say, God, what do you see? And God, what do you say? What is going on around us? God is doing something right now that is deeply significant. Uh, I would probably go so far to say uh, in the history of Flag and Valley Vineyard, the most significant thing we have been caught up in. There is a realigning in the heavenly realm of resources and resourcing over our city at the minute. What you're seeing is a spiritual, financial climate change. That's what's going on. That's what God sees and that's what God says. And it's not limited just to money. Stories of people hearing of people that need homes and giving them spare homes rent-free Right now, alive in our community, God is opening up wells of generosity over our church and over our city. And this is really important. Don't think for a second that this is exclusive to Lagan Valley Vineyard. If you were here when we gave the money to Gary for the journey, you'll remember him sharing the story of the family that felt God speak to them about a second home that they had to sign over the deeds to the home to the church. Do whatever you want. Sell it. Use it. Whatever you need it for, the church is yours. Not to borrow, not to use. It's yours. We're giving it to the church. Why am I talking about this and why is this important? Well, because the simple truth is, in moments like this, we have two choices. All of us. 
when God is at work in this kind of way around a community, in a community, over a city, there are simply two choices available to us. We can watch or we can get involved. I wonder what you would like. We can watch or we can get involved. You see, this is fascinating to me as I've been processing this over the last couple of weeks. We're not in the middle of a finance campaign. We're not in the middle of a building project. We have not thrown out five new strategic objectives for the next five years that we need to fund or finance. This is level three giving like we have been talking about. This is not people giving to a specific need. This is not people all of a sudden responding to a vision. This is the grace of God at work in people's lives and hearts and them impulsively saying, what else could I do but give my money away? It's level three giving and it is what we have been praying for, longing for, dreaming for. It's absolutely beautiful, but you have the choice. What do you want to do? Do you want to watch? Or do you want to get involved? This is really, really important that you understand this. This is not seasonal. This isn't like we're in a season of generosity. This is new normal. This is new normal for us. You see, there's, there's a day coming when it will be normal for Lagan Valley Vineyard to receive checks for millions of pounds to fund the inbreaking of God's kingdom here in this city, over this city, and to release it all over Ireland and into Europe. If that's hard for you to get your head around, how do you think I feel? This is what's happening. This is what we are caught up in, to learn how to live like we own nothing and steward everything. Listen to these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, remember this. Think about the last three weeks, okay? Think about everything we've been kind of caught up in right from the moment of giving Gary the 10,000 pounds, okay? That's in your head. Listen to these words. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Please, Lord, that that would be true of Lagan Valley Vineyard. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. The truth is that this moves much further than simply our money. This is about our whole lives. It's about who rules them and what is our faith in. What do you trust? Or in whom do you trust? Learning to give and learning to serve because we love. 
The church has always been and should always be a servant. We are not a conquering force. I I get it, particularly around youth rallies, the call to take our cities for Jesus. But it's bad theology. We're supposed to serve our cities into life. To put a towel around our waist and go low and wash feet. That is who we are. As Paul says in Philippians, speaking of Jesus, who emptied himself by taking on the nature of a servant. You see, in generosity and in service, we reveal the character and nature of God to our city. We literally demonstrate Jesus as we give and as we serve. And we have an amazing opportunity to serve our city together this summer. And in a minute, Yvette's going to talk us through that. But just as I land this, I want to... Um, I just want to um, talk about one specific thing that I've noticed over the last kind of 10 years of being involved in leading churches and all this sort of stuff. And it's this. Whenever we don't have very much money, uh, we uh, typically find ourselves sacrificing lots of time. And we justify our lack of financial giving because of the amount of our time giving. And it's interesting, the opposite is equally true for those of you who have lots of money. Often you actually give a lot of money, but you don't give any time. And you justify the lack of time because of the amount of money. And the reality is, what if we learn to walk in both? What if we learn to walk in both? You see, the truth is, we will never be able to give equal amounts of anything. Our lives are just so varied and different and all that sort of stuff. But we want to invite you, provoke you, call you to equal sacrifice. We understand fully you can't give equal amounts, but we can sacrifice equally. And you have to do the work of what that actually looks like and entails for you. I can't remember if I've ever said this prior to the 9.45 service, but um, I want to address you as your pastor for a moment. Because, like I said, this has got nothing to do with, like, a campaign that we're trying to fund. It's mad. Right? This is something God is sovereignly doing around us. But as your pastor, I don't want any of you to be spectators. Not because we need your money, but because you miss out on the mad, crazy adventure called following Jesus. I don't want any of us to be spectators. I don't want to be the one and our staff and trustees just to get to be this little group that get to see these crazy things happen and go, isn't it amazing to be involved in this thing? This is our story. It's not my story. But only you can decide whether you want to watch or get involved. And so this week, I want to challenge every single one of you in here from the oldest to the youngest to take some time 
with your partner or spouse or with a friend or a fiance or whoever it is. And I want to invite you to pray a mad prayer. It's totally mad. And it requires a ton of courage. And I'll impart some courage to you in a minute. But here's the prayer. God, speak to me about my money. Speak to me about my relationship with money. I wonder, would you be brave enough to do that this week? To invite the Lord to speak to you about this area of your life. Just before I invite Yvette up to come and talk about um, some stuff that we can do in responding to this over the, over the next few months. I want to pray for some, some people in the room. And um, I want to invite you, just where you're sitting, if you would, to just close your eyes for a second. And I'm so aware that there are many of you, similar to the 945, that are in desperate need of financial climate change in your life, right now. In your family, or in your business, or for a son or a daughter or for somebody that you love, that you need financial climate change. And so if that's you, I just want to invite you to stand. And we're going to to pray for you. I know this is a bit vulnerable, but um, if you need financial climate change in some part of your life, would you just stand just where you are? Stand up. Wonderful. Wonderful. So good. Would you guys look around and um, gather with these people? Just put hands on them. Just where you're sitting. Just turn around, stand up, move around. Just lay a hand on these guys. We're going we're gonna to pray. We have a wee bit more time, so we're just going to take a moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Come now. Come now. Come. And I release over each of you standing I release financial climate change. I release over you envelopes of cash in the mail. I release over you supernatural wiping of debt. I release opportunities for jobs and resources. I release solutions. And I impart faith and courage to you now in the strong name of Jesus. God, I pray over each of them you would display your goodness and your generosity. We release over them financial climate change right now. For, for the rest of us, I, f- I feel like I need to pray for some of you that just struggle to trust in the area of finance. That you, you just, uh, you're inspired, but when it comes to the idea of just giving more, you just find it really easy to justify are really easy to reason why that doesn't make a whole lot of sense or you shouldn't do that. And uh, if that's you, and um, if I was sitting, I would stand. That's my story, okay? I, I find it easier to pray for miracles than I do trust God with my finance. I've told you that before. But if that's you, if you're finding, like I just struggle sometimes, I hear talks like this and things nod up inside and I just get a bit stressed. Would you just stand? I want to pray for, for you as well. Wonderful, wonderful.
God, I ask that you would teach us to trust you. Would you demonstrate your goodness over us? And I impart right now courage and faith. Courage to risk and faith to trust. I impart it right now. In the mighty and strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. Um, I'd love to um, I'd love to uh, process some of this with you over the next few weeks so if, if you'd love some help to chat about this um, one of the things that's really interesting when God starts to speak to people about generosity oftentimes their budget's maxed out this is just normal for the last five years we talk about this stuff people are like I want to give but like everything's committed um, don't panic just go on the journey with God, and if we can help you in any way, we would love to do that, okay? Um, so we're going to talk about how we practically respond to some of this stuff. Would you welcome Yvette as she comes? Hello, um, my name's Yvette. I'm the Compassion Pastor here. Um, at Vineyard and it's my pleasure to join in with what our city is doing and uh, to just bring some of our resources and time and volunteers into our city and join in with what they're doing. Um, But I just want to take a moment and just engage with um, what Andy has shared with you. Um, Just from my own personal story, it just occurred to me the way uh, Andy was sharing there. So, So practically, that the Father brings us on a journey with generosity in our lives. And um, I grew up as a small child in South Africa in a, in a family that wasn't, wasn't well off. And um, in my early years, um, we were in a little bit of poverty and my dad uh, was in and out of employment. Um, but it was at that moment that he met Jesus and he began to teach us as a family that in our lack... Um, my own dad began to just demonstrate to me and to my sister and to our family how you can trust Jesus and that how, if you do that well, um, with, with full hands and open arms, how the Father teaches you uh, to, to, to manage your life with wisdom, and that includes your finances and your home and your family. And so I am actually grateful for that journey of not having very much for a while and for a father, um, God, and a physical father who taught me how to manage finances, to invest with little, and how um, that has shaped the way that I lead my family now. So I just wanted to encourage you um, that if you're feeling in a, in a position of lack or in poverty and you're looking at the people giving 120000 and you're thinking, I might need to think about £2, that's a good place to be because that is the richness of my life that the Father has taught me to posture, to be grateful and then to learn to give with generosity and actually I'm grateful for that journey of practicality with the Father to do that so uh, don't be put off by that, take your place where you are and ask the Father to lead you and to teach you and you and your family in a way that he has for you. We sang part of a song there today, and it was, um, let us join with all of heaven. 
And if you take anything away from what I'm about to say, that's the line I'd love you to take away. Let us join as a community, as a church community, let's join with heaven, singing over our community and over our city. And uh, that's what I'd love you to take away today in your workplace, in who you are, in us as a church community, we have a privilege of gathering together. Let's join with heaven. Um, About six years ago, I had the privilege of being invited, or we did, as a church, of being invited uh, by the local police to join in with a local estate and uh, to just be find some practical solutions there with them. And from that moment on, in connecting with the agencies in the city and helping that one small community connect with agencies in the city, the Father has just asked us and we've looked at what he's doing and what he's saying and we've started to just try to join in with that. And we learned a lot of walking alongside this community. They taught us a lot. And we learned a lot as we learned what resources are already in our city. And um, I want to read you Jeremiah 29, 4, verse 7. And then I want to share with you something that happened this week that we got to join in with our city. Um, Jeremiah 29 says, And this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those who I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And I know for so many of us, we feel that the Father's asked us to live here in Langham Valley and to live here in Lisbon, and we're planting our families here, and we're investing in it. Um, But the Father asks us to seek the peace and the prosperity of the city that we find ourselves in, to pray for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And this Tuesday just passed, we had an event here Um, on Tuesday morning, all morning, called Love Lagan Valley. And it's an event that um, we've been working as a team in our office on for a number of months. And it was an open invitation for um, all the statutory and voluntary agencies in Lisbon to come together and to have a networking event together. And that came out of the fact that Um, For the last few Christmases, we've uh, gone to 10 local charities and asked them, how can we serve you at Christmas time? And they've chosen for us to give them hampers to give away to their families. And then when all the hampers were collected together that you gave, we got the 10 charities together and we had a morning with them, giving them their hampers, but we made time to talk with them. And they said how much they enjoyed the resource of spending time with other charities and other agencies. And they made connections that was able to help sustain them throughout the year. So just as Andy said, we're learning to uh, ask the Father, um, what do we see and what does he see and what is he saying? And so I just and our team just said to the Father, you know, what do you see and what are you saying? And we felt that the Father was saying that um, 
there needed to be a place or that the city was asking for a place to network together in order to be able to resource each other and in order to build relationships that would sustain the well-being and the health of our city. So we just made an open invitation to anybody and everybody who would, would listen and uh, we invited people to come and network together on Tuesday. And we tried to make it a really professional event um, so that they would understand the business of it and be able to actually go away with something that was intelligent and useful to them. So this Lovelagan Valley event was hosted here, but it belonged to the city. And um, our keynote speakers were Heather McKee from uh, the college in Lisbon, and she is um, influential in collaborative work across community, and that's Heather on the screen now. And she's also about to sit on the chair of the community plan for our Lisbon Castlereagh area. And she spoke about the importance of collaboration and networking together. She did an incredibly good job of, of grounding that practically for us. And then we had Fergus Lockhart, who is 10 years in community policing here in Lisbon and three months as our new community police officer uh, for uh, Lisbon Castlereagh area. There he is at the table. These slides are working amazing. Um, and he came and spoke about how collaboration is important in the police and how he's passionate in his role about networking with agencies in the city for the health and the well-being of our city. And then we also had, just to ground that in a voluntary sector, we had our local food bank at the Lisbon City Church come and speak about what networking and collaboration means for them and for their clients or for the community that they serve. And then across the room, we had um, about 35 other individuals who were representing the voluntary sector and the statutory sector. So we had social workers health visitors, people working in elderly care and early years care. We had, um, that's um, the chief executive of Belfast and Lisbon Women's Aid there. And uh, Kelly is um, engaging churches and other sectors in uh, the fight against domestic violence. Um, we had um, so many people in the room across from Bernardo's to SureStart to um, therapists and um, other councils coming to visit to see what is happening in this council area. We had Catherine McQuirter, who is overseeing the community um, plan for 15 years. So our Belfast and Lisbon City Council um, and Castle Ray have a community plan 2017 to 32 that we are trying to directly get behind and engage. And one of the parts of that plan is building networking together for the strength of the city. Uh, but their plan and their funding means that they're talking about doing that in 2020. So the fact that we were able to pull this forward and support what they were doing was really good for our city. And the beauty of it was that people stayed around for over an hour afterwards networking with each other over lunch. And it was a really, really uh, strong and collaborative day. And the resounding voice from the room was, can we do this annually? How can we do this more? How can we resource each other? And I think it's so important that we do that. One of the wonderful comments that came out of that from Heather McKee, from, um, who's about to sit on chair on the community plan, she said, I think, and she was just speaking at my table just from her heart, she said, I think there's something very special about the fact that the church has done this 
and created a space for our city to get together and be collaborative. She says it's just something about the spirit of that that couldn't have been created necessarily in the business sector or in the council sector. And she said, how can we build on the momentum of this and how can we continue to work on this together? So I do believe that the church has a place and a voice to release um, new vision and solutions, but also just to host our city, to love it and to resource it and create space for it to find health together. Because in that room on Tuesday morning, we had parents of our city. Each of those people who has a role in our city is parenting our city. And uh, we very quickly put on parenting courses for families, which was really good. But isn't it so good for us to think of ways that we can look after the people who are parenting the parents and to bring health to them? And... uh, So that was our heart. It worked incredibly well. And we want to be really practical and carry that on through the city just by serving. We're going to get together and see how we can grow that. But I wanted to celebrate that with you, that as a church community, you are resourcing and and so many of you came and served that. And thank you for that, uh, for doing that. And we are battling for our city, and it's so good to stand alongside with generosity and with strength the people who are working really hard in our city. So what we'd like to do is just encourage you that if you are in either a voluntary statutory or any role in the city, that's every single one of you, find your place in the city and serve with all your heart. Because the Father has called you to this place for this time. And he's an open invitation for you to say, Father, what do you see? What do you say? And how can I join in? And um, this is just a small expression of that. But what you do in your everyday really matters. Um, But as well as doing your roles, which we push first and foremost, that your role in your city is the most important. We also know that we love to do things collectively together to celebrate that or sometimes to learn what it feels like to serve our city. And so we want to create some environments where you can do that this summer. So we're just taking one weekend, 3rd to the 5th of August, and we're calling it Love Lag and Valley Weekend. We've put it out to all the charities and agencies that were in that room. And we've said to them, we have a church and there are lots of churches in our city and beyond the church walls, lots of people who want to volunteer, but they're just not quite sure how to do that. Or we need to create simple moments for them to be able to volunteer and to serve what you're doing. So we've created the 3rd to the 5th of August to make it really easy for us to serve our city from painting an office of a charity building to um, creating a sensory garden for a mental health charity, to helping Atlas Women's Centre set up their new building, which is opening on the 10th of August, which will be a huge resource to our centre, to coming alongside a mum who just needs to declutter her home through Bernardo's. So there are so many opportunities for you to get involved. So what we're actually going to do on the Sunday morning is we're cancelling church and cancelling our gatherings, and we're going to meet here and go out to our city on the Sunday and just serve in as many ways as we can. And we're also going to do that on Saturday all day as well. So those two full days on Saturday and Sunday we get to serve. We've added the Friday in um, because there's two reasons for that. One... Um, If you're in a business or if your business allows you to volunteer during working hours, which many banks and bigger organizations do, 
that's an opportunity for you to go to your employer and say, there's a voluntary day in our city that day. Would you as a business like to get involved in this on the 3rd of August? And lots of businesses are saying that's a great opportunity. We didn't know that was available to us because it looks great for them for business as well. It also is good to engage our businesses in charity work. So um, go to your employers and ask them for time to volunteer that day and encourage your local businesses and employment situations to release generosity into our city. And then on the night of that Friday night, the 3rd, we're having a moonlit walk up Sleeve Donard, and uh, this should be incredibly good fun. And we've said to all our charities, just like we did with the hampers, you can go on our website and pick the charity. Instead of giving a hamper, you can pick the charity that you want to wear the T-shirt of to walk up Sleeve Donard and get sponsorship for that charity. And um, so you pick the charity you want to walk up Sleeve Donard. But the wonderful thing about this is we'll all not be walking just up Sleeve Donard on our own. When I told the charities, they completely bought into it. And they're like, great, we're going to bring our teams on this. We're going to use it as a team building exercise. It's a great way for us to invite wider uh, friends and families to do that. So it's going to be a really great walk and a great way for you to network as well with our local agencies. So... Can I just encourage you to have a bit of fun and enjoy being generous and learning to do that together on the 3rd to the 5th of August, and that's available to all of us. All the details for that are coming up in the next two weeks on our website, and you can just personally go ahead and sign up on that and invite your friends and family to join in with that as well. So just to finish, can we stand? I know that's a lot of information for you. Um, but let's just posture our hearts towards our city and the, see what God is seeing and, and, and saying. Father, I thank you that uh, when you invite us to see what you're seeing and to hear what you're saying, you're so quick to respond and to show us. And Father, we just posture our hearts to say we're listening and we're looking. And we want to join in with what you're doing. So today at the start of an exciting summer of uh, both rest and generos generosity and giving our lives, we say, Father, won't you come and teach us more about your kingdom and what it means for your kingdom to come and what it means for your will to be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. And Father, we say that we choose to join with all of heaven singing over our city, saying, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. And we posture our hearts to join in with what you're seeing and saying. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.